0: These policies that go against kind of natural law, and natural order are actually responsible for a lot of the big problems that we see from inequality, even potentially racism and climate change. So what governments are trying to do is they're trying to outrun that by printing more and more money.
1: And, and they're, they're they're not aware of the consequences that they're driving into
0: society. I've always asked people just a simple question. Would you rather your money buy more goods and services in the future or less. Inflation
1: is when the value of your money is worth less over time. Call it two percent less over time, three percent less over time, fifty percent over time, or less over time. Inflation is goods and services go up in relation to your to, uh, to your money.
0: The government's kind of operating on this this, uh, this uh, scarcity mindset. When the reality is um, today, we should be operating. It seems like on an abundance mindset. Where I look at it, like wealth creates more wealth.
1: Economics is about uh, scarcity
0: perceived or real. What we've seen is when people kind of come into Bitcoin, it changes their mindset to where they want to be savers now. And um, when you're a saver, you're not consuming as much stuff. You're not buying as much stuff. You don't have as much trash. You don't have as much stuff. And so um, that consumption, that rapid rate of consumption is also bad for the environment.
1: We talk about Bitcoin and and for uh, for people who understand what it means, it's way bigger than wealth. Way bigger.
0: Federal Reserve and the central banks are driving and manipulated markets, but are they working against natural law? And what does that even mean? Well, there is amazing implications for understanding this, and we are going to discuss this today with one of my good buddies, Jeff booth, who is coming back for a second time to talk about how the federal reserve with their fiat money system is actually working against natural law. We're going to talk about inflation versus deflation. What we really are talking about in that argument, um, about prices going up and down. Um, would we rather prices be going down or up? We'll talk about that. We're gonna be talking about scarcity mindset, abundance mindset. We're gonna be talking about how, um, the Fed talks about fighting against racial income inequality, uh, climate change, but is actually maybe making those things worse. We're going to talk about how technology and free markets could actually protect against monopolies. And then we're going to jump into kind of the future. Like what does the future hold? Is technology going to get rid of a lot of jobs? And if so, what should you be focusing on and paying attention to so many good things that we covered here with Jeff It was a great conversation uh, that I was looking forward to for a long time. It did not disappoint. And so let's go ahead and just jump into it right now with Jeff. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Market Disruptor Show. And today I'm joined by Jeff Booth. He's back for a second time. He is the author of the book, The Price of Tomorrow. Um, He has a very interesting thesis, one that I agree with, and one that I want to dig into more today. Uh, We're going to talk about technology. Of course, I've been talking about technology cycles a lot, what technology is doing um, for humanity, for the world, and kind of a bigger picture of where that goes. Uh, So anyway, we're going to dig into a bunch. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me again, Mark.
0: Yeah. So um, like I said, you wrote, you wrote that book um, and I know you've been talking about it at length, um, but it's so deep, right? So um, why don't you kind of frame up um, what the book is and why you're going around talking about it so much? Like what's that thesis?
1: Um, So yeah, the the thesis is uh, technology in itself, technology and innovation in a free market um, must reduce prices. It must uh, it must deliver more value because in a free, in a free market the only way an entrepreneur wins is by delivering value to society. Otherwise the the business fails and they go broke. So if you if you understand how fast technology is moving and how it's making things cheaper to the point of not just cheaper free, that's what ends up, ends up happening with all most technology. It keeps on driving the price down to to, uh, to free, um, because you, you create abundance. And so what's happening in our society today is that, that technology, that, that, that drive for, uh, for better, uh, better humanity is being bumped up against a, a world where we've always lived in, which is an inflationary monetary policy that won't let prices fall.
0: Hey guys, let me just interrupt this interview real quick just to plug the show sponsor and that is BlockFi. Now BlockFi is doing amazing things in the Bitcoin finance space. As a matter of fact, they've cracked some really big news by bringing on the ex-CFTC chair, Chris Giancarlo, um, and they are one of the most transparent, most heavily regulated um, companies inside the United States, which gives me a lot of trust um, into what their services are. Now, I have recently did a video talking about how to retire off of Bitcoin, and you can do that by leveraging debt and interest against Bitcoin, and BlockFi is the the number one company in the United States or maybe in the world to go to and use. Um, They are leading the charge, they're paying interest on your Bitcoin if you park it with them or you can borrow against it. Now, as I broke down in that video, you can borrow against your Bitcoin and when you take debt against it, it's not taxable. It's not a taxable event. You can use that debt for anything that you want including to live off of, to leverage up and buy more or roll it into another asset. Um, You can do something like I've done recently, like sell some real estate, put that money into Bitcoin now as that Bitcoin price has risen, I'm able to borrow against it and go back and buy the same real estate or something similar. And I still own the Bitcoin and I also own the new asset as well. Lots of ways you can do this. Um, and BlockFi is the company that I recommend. Down in the description, I have a link that you can click on. If you choose to use that link, you can earn up to $250 in Bitcoin just for using that link. So check out BlockFi now.
1: And so, so what you see is a byproduct of that is some prices are falling. Your, your, your photos are getting cheaper. Your music is getting cheaper. You're getting abundance in some of the stuff. And, and people are looking at a CPI across the entire thing and saying, why can't we drive inflation up? Right. But the things you need the most, housing, food, everything else, they're, they're rising in price because, because of monetary easing to make prices go up. And I understand the problem. I understand um, why governments are trying to make that happen. Because if you allow deflation to happen essentially if you allow your money to be worth more to happen and so so prices to fall in relation to your money then the existing debt of the world needs to be reset because the existing debt uh it it, uh, gets in real terms climbs in price so what governments are trying to do is they're trying to outrun that by printing more and more money and and they're 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 not aware of the consequences that they're driving into society in the wealth inequality racism divide of divide of human beings because of uh, because of what they're doing to try to drive prices up so we have we have governments that are actually building more instability into a system yeah. that is already uh, that is already unstable um, and, and and most people are caught within that system and they don't see how the whole system's working because they're measuring their life from the system yeah so so that's largely what i talked about in the in, in the book when I, w- 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 one of the things I, I realized that kind of in a, in a as i investigated this because it was something i was talking about for, for 10 years that uh that could be like if you asked my friends that every <laughs> campfire every yeah year, this is what i'd be talking about right. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be my friend um the because i couldn't i couldn't square that peg <laughs> that would circle into the square like i couldn't figure out why aren't prices falling everywhere? Because technology is moving into a base layer of everything we do. So technology, that should, it shouldn't just be our TV TVs are getting cheaper and better. It should be everything. And, 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 and so when I investigated that, and I realized, okay, there's $250 trillion of debt in the world to run an $80 trillion uh, global economy that takes your breath away. And you, and you first ask, could you actually grow out of that? And, and, really hard to believe you could grow out of that. But if you okay. had to grow out, if you had to grow out of it, taxes must go up and you have to have growth. Too. So you'd have to slow growth in the future because you right. pulled forward demand. But the real smoking gun on it was $185 trillion of that debt came within the last 20 years. And this is all before COVID. Right. So you could predictably, so now, you, now my thesis made a lot of sense. You have prices wanting to fall, and, and wanting to fall faster and faster and faster as technology removes labor and makes things cheaper. Um, and you have something stopping that you have government policy all over the world, trying to stop that. And the, the simple question is why, it, uh, it isn't, isn't saving our time and, and technology yeah. uh, giving us more for less the point of innovation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, um, you, you started with a lot. I'm going to start digging into this piece by piece. Um, for everybody listening, uh, maybe you caught what he said, but um, these policies that go against kind of natural law and natural order are actually responsible for a lot of the big problems that we see from inequality, even potentially racism and climate change. Uh, so we're going to dig into that kind of stuff, but uh, maybe to kind of dig into this at the first level. um, when you talk about inflation and inflation and deflation, um, you keep saying price changing. So uh, price is going up or prices going down. Um, I think inflation is a very nuanced argument. Um, obviously, we can look at uh, the, the hundreds of trillions of dollars of debt and that debt could go bad. That's massive deflation. But I think for kind of to frame up what we're talking about, are you talking about specifically like the CPI and, and actual prices of consumer goods?
1: Talking about prices generally, inflation. If you if you simplify simplified it, inflation is when the value of your money is worth less over time. Call it two percent less over time, three percent less over time, fifty percent over time less over time. Inflation is, is goods and services go up in relation to your to, uh, to your money. Right. And so so and by the way, that's a that's a tax on on the middle class and poor, a hidden tax, and it's a wealth transfer to the rich right and it's pretty easy to see see that so if you had 100 houses mark and and I had one house and somebody else was renting if you drive inflation essentially the money being worth less um, then the houses will go up in relation to that and so the, the houses will go so you'll get more of the wealth and if I'm renting or somebody else is renting their rents will go up in relation to that so inflation is the same as wage deflation right or, or, or your your currency being worth less. So on the yeah. other, so, so now, yeah. so, so that's how I look at it. And here's what people conflate, and because they miss the kind of the root cause of it all. When we hear deflation, we get so scared, because we we assume deflation to to mean the Great Depression, right? Deflationary depression. And what people and 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 they miss the fact that if you can't pay pay back the debt. Eventually, there's going to be bad deflation where you wipe out the debt, and making the debt bigger and bigger and bigger doesn't stop that. It can right. push it can push it downstream. But they miss they miss the kind of the the what creates the the, the problem to, from the natural laws of um, natural laws of human innovation and in a free market. Right. And now I add technology that's moving exponentially must yeah. be deflationary. Yeah, must be.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people think we need this inflation, to your point, right? They're deathly afraid of deflation. We need inflation. I talked to a buddy last night who's a very smart guy, big time lover of liberty, loves Bitcoin, super smart, makes good money, all these things. And he <laughs> and he said, Well, we I think you know, Bitcoin could be a good store of value, but we might need another currency because the money supply has to increase. <laughs> and, and I'm just like why you know and so I think um, people don't really understand exactly what that means and I think I've always asked people just a simple question would you rather your money buy more goods and services in the future or less and like of course they want more right Um, well well, think think of it just poke on that what we do every day our
1: individual decisions prove what you said we wouldn't use google we wouldn't use amazon we wouldn't use we, we we wouldn't have an iphone with all of the free stuff on it unless that was true yet we right. think somehow that the system should work differently for everybody than it does for us individually right like it, 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 it's absolutely insane we look for value um right. and, and the and so so yeah we're the,
0: always we're always scanning for the best deal the cheapest the, price how we can save money
1: yeah and not just cheapest price we we it's, it's, it's value specifically, right. but how we measure that uh, that value often it comes with more for less. It, it, it's more for less. That's why we use the things. And if we right. don't get more for less, we'll find an alternative.
0: Right. Yeah. And um, you know, I I had posted something on Twitter a while ago, and it was like a picture of a cup of coffee, and it showed you know it used to be ten cents, twenty cents, and now it's like a buck fifty. And I was like, what if coffee went the other way? <laughs> like, well, why why not coffee getting cheaper?
1: Yeah. So, and, and the point is now, now pull that back and that's where people, they're so stuck in a system. They, it, it's so hard to believe we've been trained, by the way, when I wrote my book, I grew up in same probably time that you did. And, and, and I believed in inflation. I believe those lies that, right. uh, that, that we were told that you, you went to school. That's what you heard. you got an education, you got a better job, everything else, your house right. went up over time and you paid it back with cheaper money later on. and, and when I, when I went to the first principles and I realized, just a second, um, technology isn't going to slow down. Most of the deflation is in front of us. So why is it, why is it that we believe that we have to have inflation? Right. And it's not true. So techn- So to use that coffee, cup of coffee example, how much innovation has there been into supply chains to reduce prices? Yeah. How, much, how much labor has come out of that example, to be yeah. able to reduce prices. Yeah. It, it, it should be lower uh, in, in prices. The only reason that uh, it's higher in prices is is manipulation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So um, now that we've kind of set the stage on that kind of inflation and deflation and kind of what that is. Uh, let's go ahead and move into the next area, which would be then kind of taking it to, like you said, that first principles and that most basic, you had said something about, um, you know, humans, uh, human ingenuity. So, you know, um, people used to carry a uh, an armful of lumber, and then they invented a wheelbarrow. <laughs> that was deflationary. Uh, you talk about technology, I would almost say that um, it's, it's human ingenuity or human imagination. Uh, my good friend Robert Kiyosaki is writing a new book um, titled uh, Infinite Return. And in that he's making the case that our imagination has an infinite return, we can continue to imagine. I heard a saying, that says, uh, everything that was ever created was imagined first, uh, right? I mean, the, a thousand years ago, we lived in the dirt. <laughs> everything that we've created has been imagined. So uh, I guess that's kind of first principles. Uh, maybe the imagination is like technology, right? It's constantly looking for ways to do things faster, easier, cheaper. And we should. it seems like we should embrace that because the goal would be to have an easier life in the future, not a harder one. So that is the, that is the principle,
1: the principle, but let's, let's, do you want to, I'll I'll talk about an example here. Yeah. Um, So you, you think about, so the first one that's already hit us, we used to buy records, CDs, eight tracks before, before that, and we used to, to be able to listen to music. We had to go through this process of having all of this uh, equipment and, and we had to buy the, vi- the physical goods and we could only buy so much. We, were, yeah. we had a scarce mindset and because, and because of that, there emerged an entire industry to choose what we would see. We would only see the top, what, the, what the choosers thought was gonna be the best, best uh, music because the cost of distribution was so high. Right. So, so a whole bunch of people never got access to the market. Uh, never a whole bunch of artists. Never. We never saw them. They never saw us. And it was really expensive. If you think about, I think about when I was a, a kid, my record collection and everything else and, and all, all of those records to listen to a fraction of the music that was available. Right. Now it's $10 a month. Um, and I have Unlimited. Um, uh, or five now (laughs) exactly Um, and i have in canada it's always more um um, the uh um and i have unlimited music and and all of the creators all of the new creators that would have never been stars are now stars that uh, now you still have to in a free market you still have to get through that and because there's an overwhelming amount of content that is essentially free right and a technology that allows it to be free, so so that's that's just things moving to information where they used to be physical, mm. but now carry your thing f- forward. And and but that's a base layer. That's what, the, the, what people think is it's just in one industry. It's a base layer of the future of our way uh, way of life. In fact, this uh, what we're doing on this podcast proves it. And what if you looked at yeah. the technology behind what's coming to this podcast, you just it'll feel like a real experience within five years. It'll feel like we're in the same room within right. five years. yeah. Now take that information that you just said. Imagine, so what is, pick something in your room, pick, uh, uh, so pick that, um, pick the table that this is on. on. That, that, uh, you're, you're, that table is somebody's idea of I'm going to create a business of tables and my table is gonna be the best table in the world. And, and it's just an idea that they've transferred to a product Right. And the product is then shipped overseas and the labor is overseas and a factory in China through distribution, shipping, distribution, containers, <laughs> then trucks, and then right. a retail store. And you go up and pick up that table. And if that entrepreneur is right, and that table is a really great table and everything else, and you pick it after it's gone through all of this <laughs> and all the cost, um, that entrepreneur creates a business. Right. Repeat that repeat that cycle, the entire cost. That information, that idea, is about to it, within 10 years will be printed in, in your printed in your house. Yeah. It's just information. And right. on top of that information, as you have that idea for information, AI systems are coming in and delivering better, better ideas and more choice. Abundance of abundance of choice, just like in music coming to you for free or almost free right. within 10 years. Yeah. So how are how is government when it's just starting now, right? It's just, and most of the deflation is in front of us. How is government going to stop that from happening? They're not. In fact, the faster, yeah. the more they push, the more they push prices up, which is unnatural against the free market, the more entrepreneurs take tech, technology to remove labor faster because right. the, because that's how you deliver value so so you have you have two different systems competing against each other and it's actually happening faster and faster and faster faster all the time
0: yeah kind of like being in a boat with a hole in it and you're constantly trying to bail the water out but the but the water keeps rushing in i guess the hole keeps getting I, bigger <laughs> yeah yeah i i, I think like I think you mentioned uh, like the scarcity mindset. And so uh, I'm not old enough to have uh, a tracks, but I did have a bunch of cassette tapes at one point. And I remember uh, I had the biggest cassette tape holder you can get. It had 30 on each side. So I had 60 cassettes. Like that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have unlimited music. I don't even buy music anymore. Right. Um, but um, it, it I think we, you know, I guess all of economics does kind of break down to scarcity, right? We understand like value accrues to to assets that are scarce, Uh, but on a, uh, we're talking right now on like a first principles on a human basis, and you kind of do have two different mindsets. You have a scarcity mindset or you have an abundance mindset. And it almost seems like, I guess kind of what you're saying is um, the government's kind of operating on this, this, uh, this uh, scarcity mindset when the reality is um, today we should be operating, it seems like on an abundance mindset where I look at it like wealth creates more wealth. So for example, Amazon was a new technology that has put a lot of people out of business, right? But on the other hand, look how many businesses it's created. Um, there's a million people that have started an Amazon store and they're millionaires now. Uh, it's created you know, all, all these uh, logistics companies and you know, manufacturers. And so um, that, that abundance of Amazon has created massive abundance, is so is it a battle over mindset as well or like
1: it's for sure a battle over mindset you know i wrote about this in the book and i use the example to your point economics is all about scarcity perceived or real right so what is a brand trying to do they're trying to imprint into your mind that their thing is more valuable than somebody else's because it has a perceived scarcity in your mind that you'll pay more for that. That's what uh, any brand is. Yeah, And so, so economics is about uh, scarcity perceived or real.
0: Hey, sorry to interrupt this video just one more time. I'm not running Google ads, so it's actually way less interruption than I normally would have on a video. Um, And that's because it's sponsored by BlockFi. Um, They are, opening up the world of Bitcoin and financial products, offering to pay you interest on your Bitcoin, um, better than owning a rental property that you have to manage and control and have the risks. You can just earn interest on it or you can leverage against it. Now, I plan to hold my Bitcoin forever and literally never sell my Bitcoin. So how do you do that? Well, if I need money, I don't wanna sell that Bitcoin. I'm gonna pay tax on it, all right? I'm gonna end up with less and I don't have the Bitcoin anymore. So a better way to do it is to borrow against the Bitcoin. So I've put all my money into Bitcoin, if I want to buy a car or I want to buy a house, I can borrow against it at very, very low competitive rates, get my house, get my car, whatever that may be, and get to keep the Bitcoin. Now, I've done a whole video on this. Uh, you can find it. I'll link it down in the description below, how to retire off of Bitcoin without paying taxes, and you can do that with BlockFi services. Um, I'll, I'll link to the video down below. I'm also going to put a link to BlockFi. If you choose to click on that link to check them out, you can earn up to $250 in free Bitcoin just for using that link, and that's it. Let's go ahead get back to the interview
1: and just to see that to uh, what i pulled out in the book is the oxygen you breathe right arguably the most valuable thing in your life (laughs) why is it why don't why don't you pay a lot of money for it
0: overabundance
1: It's, it's abundant and 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 that abundance is coming to everything it's and so why would you try to stop that abundance from 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 entering society? Yes, it has comp- yes it has um, real um, uh, repercussions because it's a different system. It's a totally different system, but it's coming anyways. And so so if you try to stop that, if you try if, if and what you're seeing is by stopping that, governments are concentrating power,
0: wealth, power. Um, and removing the free market. And- so let's uh, let's talk about that for a second because that's one thing that I'm just keep thinking about as we're talking. Um, I guess there's, again, this is a multifaceted conversation, um, but when I think about prices specifically, as we're talking about right now, um, and the ability for my money to buy me more goods and services in the future, which I would like if prices were going down. But to your point, you're saying the Fed is actively trying to stop that. Um, do you think the Fed really wants prices to go up, they want us to have to pay more for things in the future? Or is, are they trying to do something else as you just let on now, power, centralized power control, and then the rise of prices is just a, um, a casualty of that? I mean, do they really want us to have to pay more for our coffee in the future?
1: Um, let me just pause, I my computer chargers, and I'll answer. <laughs> I didn't know it unplugged. Okay. No problem. So I'll just pick up where uh, where you just answered yeah. okay. uh, or asked the question. Um, so I've said this often. This isn't a this isn't an actor problem. This isn't a this isn't a Democrat Republican. This isn't a um, it, all all policy right now. All over the world is trying to print into this problem because the system requires it. So let's just, let's imagine, um, let's imagine, Mark, you're, uh, you could do anything you want today. Well, I can. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm, I'm talking about government policy, you're you're the yeah. president. Um, and you have Congress and everything else. And you have the Senate, you can do anything, anything you want. What would you do? Because here's the here's the here's the problem. Now, what would you do besides start buying Bitcoin and on, on the that you should do? But uh, but what would you do um right now to avoid what's happening? If you allow the natural market to take place, then you have uh you have a deflationary spiral. And because the debt is so uh, so large and the government owns the debt and the banks own the debt, and there's actually nothing backing it. It's just counterparty risk all the way down to the sand. There's nothing there. In, in other words, everything on top of it fails, including banks, institutions, hospitals, <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, everything. Governments fa- uh, fail if you allow that deflationary spiral to take place. So, so and, and that is the, that's the natural order. So why does it look that bad? It looks that bad from breaking the rules of the free market in the first place nature comes in cycles. Fall comes after, after summer. Right. Trying to stop fall from happening
0: <laughs> right. um,
1: would cost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, so trying to stop recessions and thinking you could grow forever, um, I understand it because governments are elected short term. And so it's always easier to promise your population you can you can pay for more than you can and hide the payment of that in inflation, right? So you so and 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 people will believe that and say, I don't want my services to go away, so I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for the person who's gonna give me more services. And but and it's and when I say that, it's not a Republican or Democrat thing. Sure. It, it's it's a system problem. Nobody is going to change that system. Um, it's endemic to the system. So the the byproduct of of wealth or, or power corruption is endemic from that it's not it's not people trying to do it it's a it's a it's a follow-on from that because as you do more and more to remove the free market and to remove the free market cycles and against technology at, at, at a point people start to say well you have to just like right now what would you do you have to because the. in other words the civilization collapses and so uh, so and But the byproduct of doing that means government actually has an entire market. There is no free market because essentially government's choosing who's winning and who's losing um, and it turns into a complete managed eco- economy as a byproduct. And then once that byproduct t- takes place, essentially um, the biggest thug, thug wins. And if you look through history, a, a consequence of these actions always turns into Eventually, revolution and war, um, because a managed economy cannot outcompete a free market where individual rights and freedoms.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, and and that's kind of what I have always believed as well. Right, we're going away from natural law, and eventually, you can't. Right, so event eventually, uh, you can only suspend gravity for so long, or or whatever, and so you can't outcompete a natural market. That kind of comes back as well. Um, I want to shift a little bit now that we've kind of set the stage there and really what I was, uh, I was interested in, in a kind of a comment that you had made the other day. And um, we see the, the, the Federal Reserve, the central bank, um, the one in charge of monetary policy, obviously, um, they've, they've had mandates and that would be to keep full employment and, you know, try to keep the market stable. But now we see, especially with Janet Yellen and at the Treasury, um, the Fed and the Treasury and even the IMF now, um, they have come out with new mandates. And now their new mandates are um, they're somehow going to fix inequality. Uh, they're going to fix race, race, racial and gender inequality, income inequality, racial and gender inequality, and even climate change. Um, I think about, you know, the saying that when the whole world when all you have is a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. Um, we understand the, the central banks, the IMF and the central banks, all they have is money. Um, but now they want to attempt to um, tackle or cure these inequalities in climate change. Um, I think most people could easily see, well, so the Fed can't see, but they're the ones causing the problem. Um, but you even think that they might even be in charge or responsible, not just for the income inequality, but even maybe racial inequality and climate change as well. Let's, let's go ahead and dive into those couple things.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, so the, 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 the person starting the fire is, is, uh, is saying we're going to put out the fire yeah is, is what's happening, and they're starting the fire with blow torches um and 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 telling the world that they're gonna put out the fire. It's impossible and again going on a, back- on a
0: on an antidote real quick my uh I have a bunch of friends that are firefighters in southern california and uh there was a real famous case uh uh the arson inspector i think he wrote a book about it like he was actually the one setting the fires right and right. uh and that's, that's a true story but anyway, sorry, go ahead.
1: And so I try not to, and some of your listeners and everything else, I understand the conspiracy theories that come from with the world we live in now. I really do. Because, because it's hard to see. Once you have actually understand what it looks like, you can't believe people aren't acting maliciously right. to be able to. But don't assign malice to ineptitude. right sure. or, 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 or not ineptitude, dealing in a system that can't be changed from the system. So, uh, you know, I use that Blockbuster example all the time. It's not like Blockbuster executives weren't intelligent. It's just by the time technology changed to be able to do that job that Blockbuster did through downloads in an instant, Blockbuster was over and there's nothing they could do to be able to change that fact. It was, it it, it, it happened so fast. So that's what's happening at, uh, that's, uh, that's what's happening at our monetary level. So, to to your question um what are they doing to cause this um and, and and so let's let's use climate change as an example um so on one side of the equation on the technology side of the equation you have now solar and batteries coming on uh, and storage coming on storage not not totally yet but you have solar solar as the lowest cost energy today in many regions of the planet and in, and and it's getting cheaper it's getting cheaper at about 11% per year. So you have new energy um, coming on. That's that's che- cheaper and not just new energy coming on, but the economic benefit around uh, solar now as a business, more and more people investing in solar and more. So you have not just a small part of the market being cheaper. You have a greater part of the market over time being come cheaper and being coming cheaper every year innovation. So, th- so that, and because energy itself is the number one thing in every other thing we use, it, it drives economies. And so if you look at what, what, why US and the petrodollar was all about oil, the, uh, oil energy, right? But now, now we have solar, achieve, it, add, additive, it's not there. It's a small part of the overall mix today. Um, and there's no way we could immediately go to solar for, for everything solar and storage, but you have new energy, that's deflationary to the entire grid and it's becoming more and more and it's getting cheaper every year. So that's where we are today looking, looking forward. And that might not have looked like that 10 years ago, because solar was more expensive. So it didn't move very fast, but now it's cheaper. Right. So, so what you could say is not just energy. So energy is becoming cheaper and cheaper over time. And, um, and everything on top of energy is becoming cheaper and cheaper over time. So, if you believe in climate change and everything else, and the and the whole and research and climate change, you would say that is a good thing because that energy is clean, free, or, or becoming lower and lower cost, and it's a good thing for humanity. And so that that will drive a cycle that uh, that in itself will reduce uh, climate change. On the other side of that coin, you have a, a you have an inflationary monetary policy that must overcome those those deflationary forces, otherwise the system collapses. So you have to print money at an ever-increasing rate to be able to try to drive prices up against prices that want to come down. So if you looked at uh, just one example today, oil prices of, I don't know what they are today, but between $60 and $70 a barrel in COVID, when still lockdowns and everything else, You'd, you'd have to ask the rational question, should they be 60 or $70? And the only reason they're 60 or $70 today is because you debase the currency against it. And so, so the, the oil prices would rise and that would make a whole bunch of uh, uh, oil now economical as people are trying to buy more things, buy more uh, to, to drive to a market of growth against the natural order. <laughs> and then as, as, as it becomes economical again, Solar is going the other way. And I just use one example of solar the other way. So more, so, so now you have a price, more of a price advantage to move to solar, which drives faster rate, which drives faster printing on the other side to be able to essentially offset the deflationary forces of, of, of energy. Now, so now pull all that forward. So in other words, the number one by an order of magnitude problem for if, uh, on climate is our monetary policy that forces prices up forever. You cannot grow forever on a finite planet, at least in, in terms of the growth of, of what governments say growth and GDP, especially when gro- growth is moving to information and information is free.
0: Okay. Yeah. So um, a couple things to there to unpack on that. So one, I guess what you're saying is um, technology um, is improving in energy. Um, I just did a video, I think a week ago. Um, well, I don't know when that from the time this airs recently on talking about how energy is wealth, right? That is wealth and how I showed some charts and showed how you know, na- nations always need to have natural resources and energy was that. Um, and, and you could see how the wealth of a nation really corresponded with the energy they either have or they can control. Um, and so to your point, um, we, you know we have that energy. Um, but Technology is, is, is creating new types, solar, maybe other, other ways to do it. Um, I read about some changes that just happened to natural gas energy where they can basically do that at net zero now. Um, and so technology is changing that. But as technology brings um, prices down in energy, that's going against what the Fed wants, which is prices going up. So I guess right. that's kind of the first argument that you had. I think there was two in there, but I want to make sure I had that one right. So, um, so, that, technology- so that
1: is, exactly. So that is exactly right. right. And so, so what would they do about it? If it, and, and so, but remember, it's moving exponentially. It's every year it's getting cheaper and more. Right. right. That means the po- <clears throat> the policy to overcome it. Why, why you're seeing an ever increased rate of debt growth every year? It becomes way more to be able to try to get the same output to make kind of. <laughs> Right. Um, stable prices which yeah. is, is ironic which is um, an
0: oxymoron yeah <laughs> which is
1: so crazy and to save jobs that are going away anyways and w- why why would you bring down your the value of your money to save jobs because the labor rate is a percentage of uh, of, uh, of a technology company comes down so you can save jobs because you're paying people less
0: yeah
1: yeah uh, for for a while but anyways that's uh, so that's 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 what yeah. that's what's happening so-
0: So as technologies, um, helping to save the environment by creating new ways for clean energy, we'll just say that whether that, whatever means that may be it's counter, it's going counter to what the fed's trying to do, which is trying to raise money. So they just have to increase what they're doing. The other piece that I caught was, um, and I think this is a little bit bigger, almost maybe a little more philosophical, but what's happened is, um, I think it was, uh, Christine Lagarde said just the other day, uh, she said that, uh, you know, I get it that most people don't want negative rates, but it's important for the rest of the economy that we people go out there and spend. And so what the fiat money system has done, um, we know that we're sitting on money that's losing value and it's forced us to consume constantly, right? That you're talking about growing uh, more money, more consumption. And so um, when you, what we've seen is when people kind of come into Bitcoin, it changes their mindset to where they want to be savers now. Yeah. And um, when you're a saver you're not consuming as much stuff you're not buying as much stuff you don't have as much trash you don't have as much stuff and so um, that consumption that rapid rate of consumption is also bad for the environment I'm buying more plastic bags and more bottles and more whatever and if I if we shift our mindset from a fiat mindset which is which forces consumption and growth at all costs and we start thinking about only buying stuff we really want and need and we bring the consumption down that also helps the environment, I guess. Was that kind of your point? Um,
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So they're they're two, again, you keep coming back to it. They're two different systems. They're completely two different systems. And I understand why people are caught in one system and they have, they have a hard belief to even overcome what we're talking about to say, um, because they've always lived in that system. So I use this example often because I lost the business one time because, 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 um, I had three hundred and fifty people in the business doing one thing. I realized we need to make a change to do another thing that 's a whole bunch of costs to do a different a different business but but the biggest the biggest aha moment that I had after the fact was wasn 't that we weren 't right we were right uh, we, were, we were right and, and, and it almost made it out the uh, the other side and you could see the the metrics but but it took longer because everybody had to go from from the new business. And go back to the existing business and do that job, knowing full well that when the new business was there, that job didn't exist anymore. And so, so, so imagine telling somebody, yeah, getting everybody rah-rah in your company, how exciting, are we? or and there's a small team working on that, and then and then they have to go back to the desk to, to be able to work on the other business to be able to pay enough money to be able to drive the new business. And so, so if you think about that on how we're all part of a system. We talk about Bitcoin we, and, and for, for people who understand what it means, it's way bigger than wealth, way yeah. bigger. It, it yeah. fixes the system um, and, and it, bring, it brings fairness to a system and it has a whole bunch of other uh, qual, uh, qualities, really important. Um, but, but a lot of people are talk, think about Bitcoin in that manner and then they have to go live in the existing system. Mm-hmm. Where their food prices are going up, where their rent prices are going up, where they're and and if you lived in that system all the time, and then you go to uh, you and some uh, some politician says it's not your fault, I'm going to give you more money. You're probably not going to ask where did that money
0: come from, right? So, um, yeah, and- I, I think of oh. uh, I think just cognitive dissonance, right? So I'm uh, holding two opposing thoughts and beliefs in my head, yep. and realizing that one is wrong, and then having to, having to realize that if that is wrong, then almost everything I've come to know is wrong. Totally. And I think uh, that's a good point. You know, you talked about your employees and they had a hard time coming back to the old system once they saw how well the new system worked. Um, And so that they had to live with that cognitive dissonance. And I think this is one thing that the central planners, all central planners, in my opinion, that's a pretty big statement, but I think all central planners really disregard or, don't understand is, uh, is, you know, human mindset, motivation, intention, uh, right. And so like humans are motivated. And so like when you're in a, when you're in a company, that's like growing, when you're in a country that's growing, everybody feels good about that. Um, today in the United States, while it might still be, you know, one of the best countries in the world, it's on a downward path. And so people don't feel good about that downward path, kind of back to your company. Uh, they saw how well things were, but they had to go work in a bad system, um, so and, and and I think that's just that 's a super important piece that yeah, central planning misses, and that back to your earlier point, you said that the 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 natural competitive market's always going to win, and it 's a lot of that that intention
1: so so now, now just think about some of the 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 measures that, that central planners or anyone else would measure full employment, um, stable prices um, a GDP. And, and think about that in a transition to an information-based society, which we're moving into when information is free. And, 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 and so those measures themselves are the exact opposite measures. Growth, growth should be measured by how much, um, how much time you're saving, how much, how much price. It, so growth in, in, this econ- in the economy where you're moving from things to information and more and more things to information yeah, we should be able to extrapolate growth in time savings and a, and kind of abundance. So it, yeah. it should bring down prices. But we have a miss. But we we think about growth in we make more money next year. We make uh, um, we uh, even though our money loses money. We think right. about growth in more more and more jobs. We don't think about growth the way growth should be measured in an information-based economy.
0: Yeah. In time, in time saving, Uh, there's like a time value of money. And I've looked at, I've looked at this a number of times. um, And I think it was like um, pre 71. It took like 23 weeks for the average American to have the American dream, which was own a car, have two houses, you know, one, one income family college, et cetera, took 23 weeks. Today it takes 53 weeks problem is of course we only have 52 weeks in a year so um uh if you look at the time the time that it takes and so instead of instead of going from 23 weeks to 53 weeks it should have gone from 23 to to 15 weeks right or something right
1: and 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 some of these concepts aren't really hard if you just said why do we why do you use technology in the first place use technology to save time
0: instead of me having to fly to where you're at in canada to do this interview which would have taken me you know a week to go there and back whatever we just did it here and,
1: and cost and hotels and right. and cost to the environment and, every, and everything else all right. of those all of those individual things are a whole bunch of jobs in the economy yeah and now and, and now so this is a really good example about how much more productive you can be now obviously people still want to travel and everything else but some of some of what's coming to make this experience this is this is experience is a Gen one experience. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what that it's will look point. like, <laughs> what yeah. that will look like in time, will yeah. blow people's mind and it'll change the experience.
0: There's two more points I want to hit on. We'll start winding this down. Um, but I, I, before I hit those two points, oh, I was going to just to your point. Um, a lot of times people think that moving to a sound money, whether that be gold or Bitcoin or whatever you view that as, um, they think that that would cause hoarding, and that would never work because you know Bitcoin is the best saving mechanism. Then all everyone's just going to save and everyone's going to hoard money. And I just think about that as the most ridiculous statement. And I saw you get a chuckle out of that because it's like, I'm still going to want to travel. That's what you just said, right? I'm still going to want to travel. I'm a surfer. I surf all over the world. I'm still going to want to go out to movies or I don't know if I can go to movies anymore. Go out to dinner. Like I'm still going to want entertainment. I'm still going to want travel. I'm still going to want to buy those things. So like it would, what it does is it, it changes you from uh, just r- rampant consumption at, at, for anything to still just buying the things that I really want. I, I,
1: I get such a chuckle out of that. And so, would I sell my Bitcoin anytime? Uh, maybe, probably never. But uh, but but would would I invest in 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 other businesses that could? And let's imagine Bitcoin at the top, like whatever price you want to want to say it's. Uh, and now it's more stable. Um, it's uh, it's not upwardly volatile anymore, but it's more uh, stable wouldn't it make sense that you would invest in something that could get a greater return? Yeah, of course. Of course oh, yeah. it would. Like I invest in companies all the time right now and in yeah. my measurement you now, I you know unfortunately for the companies that I'm investing at today, they have to compete with, <clears throat> with what I think Bitcoin will do. Right. So there has to be a huge re- uh, re- uh, return profile on, on those companies or what I believe that, that uh, uh, what will happen there. But, uh, um, but I, I still make those investments all the time right now. It wouldn't change any, it wouldn't, it wouldn't change yeah.
0: the way an economy
1: is, is built or, or not at all. You know, people would hoard money forever. It's okay. So I'm not going to eat food because, because, <laughs> because, 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 yeah. because, we have hard money. It's insane. It's absolutely insane.
0: But it does cut out malinvestment. We right? cut out malinvestment, investment, and yeah. <laughs> So uh two more points I want to hit on. One, I want to talk about um how technology changing uh in a free market could actually maybe prevent monopolies. I want to talk about that for a second. I want to ask you about that. And then I want to talk about jobs because uh obviously jobs are important and uh, what happens if we technology replaces all the jobs and we need UBI like Andrew Yang talked about. So I want I want to ask you about both those. Let's first start start with the first one which was um you know uh free market I, I we get caught up in words, I think, and, and today words are misused. So people think capitalism equals slavery, for example, right? Like I believe capitalism is like, you know, a mutual exchange. Um, so rather than look at socialism and communism and fascism and all these things, I, I look at it like we have a, a, a c- captured, controlled, centrally planned system, or we have a free, open, competitive system. And I think that a free, open, competitive system is the best. I think that most people understand that Competition brings better products, better services, and better prices all the time. Uh, but some people think that if you really chase that to the end, then uh, this free market with no government regulation just leads to these giant monopolies. And I would say to that, and I'd get your opinion based off technology uh, and the statement that you made about that. You had mentioned. Um, how Blockbuster saw it was changing, but there was nothing they could do about it. And that's what triggered this monopoly thing. So Blockbuster kind of had this monopoly, but technology displaced that. And so my thought on the free market is that um, it's, it's, it's these corporations using government regulations to entrench their positions that allows these monopolies to grow. But I think we most people realize that as companies get bigger, the harder it is for them to pivot and ideate, which happened to Blockbuster, and so as technology changes, new companies come up with new ideas and new ways to do things that are better, faster, cheaper, and it, it naturally would break those monopolies. Do you see that, or agree with that, or am I wrong?
1: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, this is hard to do in this much time, but, okay. uh, but, but from <laughs> we can table uh, this uh, for another you know, time. But um, but, uh, but if you just if you just do a thought experiment and you say you, you said. So to, technology is, is, is making it easier and easier for entrepreneurs to compete all the time with new ideas that change existing structures. Right. And it's really difficult for the existing structure to compete against getting attacked by all of those entrepreneurs with better, better ideas, cheaper for more value for, uh, right. for you as a human. Right? And the only way they win, all those experiments only win when they do that. Right. So, so So in fact, monopoly power is actually created from the system today and printing money into the system actually creates monopoly power faster. Right. And, and because imagine in a different system, and I understand why people say that, okay, go tax, uh, go, uh, Google, Amazon, they're doing so bad, bad things. They're giving right. you value and otherwise you wouldn't use it. Right. Um, and they're doing it faster. And the more that we print against that, the faster the mon- monopolies those are crea- that yeah. are cre- created there. The, the other side of that coin, imagine a, imagine a company that has uh, that has uh, so a whole bunch. We move into a different system. There's less jobs. There's more opportunities. There's more time for people. They actually have lots of time. They don't need to. Uh, their their wealth being destroyed through inflation, so they have lots of time. There's a whole bunch of curious people wanting to attack new industries and create mm-hmm. their their riches. And now you have a monopoly power in, in, entrenched. Because um, uh, and and high margins in that in that structure, what do you think? What do you think would be attacked first? Right, yeah. because because they, because those entrepreneurs would attack the best the best opportunities to right. be able to make make money, and by doing so, they would destroy the monopolies and and, and and bring more value to society. Right. So if you let the system work instead of instead of driving more and more inequality into the system through printing you would actually find a faster, uh, a faster benefit to, to, yeah. uh, to society.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing I want to just ask about is what happens to the job? So, um, I think it was, uh, um, Milton Friedman, he went down and saw people were building the road by hand, you know, by hand. And they said, why are you doing it by hand? Why not bring a tractor down here? And, uh, they said, because jobs, and he said well then why not just give everybody spoons then if that's the case right like why not get more jobs (laughs) then i give them spoons and true story i went down to um nicaragua on a surf trip and nicaragua was one of the poorest countries i had been to at that at that point people are literally still getting around on on ox drawn carts there um and there is a road that every time i go back to nicaragua they're still working on it and i asked the driver the same thing why don't they bring a tractor and they're putting literally putting cobblestones by hand and he said jobs. So anyway, uh, we know like in the last presidential election cycle, Andrew Yang was running on this platform, the technology is going to get rid of all these jobs. And so we have to come up with UBI. Um, I seem to think that um, technology replaces the low task jobs, and it opens people up for more high end jobs. And then we can look at Amazon, while well, maybe it did put out a lot of jobs over here, it created a million jobs over here. Um, so really, it's just people need to unfortunately, I guess, have to learn a little bit and they have to kind of grow and evolve. Uh, Where do you see that playing out? Is this bad for jobs or good for jobs or, or, you know, humanity overall? Um, It's bad for jobs
1: and it's bad for, so, so there's a, um, there's this belief that it's just bad for the low paying jobs and we'll create more high paying jobs, but it, but that Belief isn't if you actually investigate what's happening in artificial intelligence and what's ha- what's happening at the rate of that change. Um, it's bad for high-paying jobs too, not all jobs. And I'm not, not on a people. People get really confused here because they're scared, so they they backtrack to an old system, and they and they they say we have to protect the jobs at all costs. and they don't know what they're doing is by driving inflation to protect the jobs or to pay for more people that can't have have jobs, what they're really doing is picking the people's pocket at the bottom of the social ladder to be able to pretend they're helping without the money to do so. So that it's theft. Inflation, it, 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 you could say, if somebody takes something from you that you don't know they took from you and you embed a policy around around that,
0: sure. it,
1: it, is that theft? If somebody comes in and takes something from your house, is that theft?
0: I would say so. And,
1: and so does it matter at what rate they steal from you? 2%, 3%, 20%? Does it matter at what rate? So um, these are, you said words matter. These words matter, but it is theft. And so so when that same person picks your pocket. And says, "I'm going to transfer
0: money to you, from you to somebody." I, else. I was saying words don't matter; it's the actions. And so to <laughs> yeah. further prove your point, the action is—they is, <laughs> they, they can call it not theft, but the action is theft.
1: Exactly. And instead of calling it inflation, or net, now we're going to call it quantitative easing, and we're going to do essentially, we're going to pick your pocket faster to tell you that uh, that uh, we're not picking your pocket. That's what's happening. Yeah. It is that. It, 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 I, I wish it wasn't. I understand why they're doing it, but uh, but that's uh, that's what uh, uh, that's what it is. So there's actually no way to fix that from the existing system. Now remember, inflation is wage deflation. So essentially, they're paying you're getting paid less to be able to keep a job, and well, technology is removing the jobs, anyways. So but keep, then, uh,
0: keeping people busy is important.
1: So so now let's. But these are different concepts, right? Okay. Why is that important? And so so let's just get back to the first point. The technology is supposed to re- reduce. You put technology in to give more for less, and the the consequence is it reduces labor, and the and the consequence of that is it saves our time. That's what that's why I, I that's why I use it. If I think about the technology companies I'm building right now, how much value they give, that remove a whole bunch of jobs in the overall system, and over time more and more more jobs. That is the point, and it gets and as we move to an information based economy, economies all over the world,
0: that just accelerates. But didn't we lose, so let's say technology, we lost a bunch of manufacturing jobs, but we gained a whole bunch of programmer jobs and new machines and 3D printing, as you talked about. So like we added all those jobs that we never had. So
1: in historical frameworks, you're, you're absolutely right. We always create, created more new jobs and more new economies than, than before. I do believe that this time is different and this time is different because we never had technology... That was becoming smarter than us. Technology today can code itself. Technology can AI systems are creating. Uh, so some of these, some some of these. First, we train the AI systems, and then the AI systems do it way better than we we can. And the rate of change on that, it would be. Um, we could disagree on this point, but I don't see. Uh, I don't see. Okay where are the new jobs coming from the new giant families of jobs? There will be some, um, but not enough to replace the ones that are, that are lost. And actually that's the whole point. If you allowed deflation and that's what part, that people, two different systems, they get so caught up in. If you allowed the natural order of things, what would happen is that as the jobs were re- removed, prices would fall in a step. If you don't allow that to happen as the jobs are removed, and prices are higher everyone fails that's that's exactly that's exactly what's happening but if you again remember we are moving into most of the deflation is in front of us most of the job losses in front of us there will be i'm super excited about some of the companies that i'm creating right now super excited and and what they do what uh, what they do and investing in and creating it so on one side i see opportunities everywhere right but if i add it all up and say are there opportunities for everyone everywhere no and so if if those opportunities are only for me because we keep printing an existing system and it concentrates more more wealth that's pretty bad social experiment for 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 the world
0: yeah okay well um well, time, time will tell. Uh, you've done way more research on the topic than I have. So we'll, you're the expert. So we'll it will defer to you on that. I would say, though, to your point that you said that you're excited because you see a lot of opportunity, but maybe it's not like that for everybody. And so I would just encourage everybody listening, like, don't get scared and depressed. Just be on the side that's seeing opportunity everywhere. There's um, tons of opportunities. There's a book, there's a book written by Daniel Pink, and it's titled A Whole New Mind. And he talked about how um, with the internet we have this uh, commoditization of technical workers now. And so coders and programmers are a dime a dozen, four bucks an hour overseas today, right? And so no longer going to be become an engineer or that coder is is the key. He said that um, and to have success in the future, instead of using your analytical side of your brain, use the creative side, and then become like a conductor of an orchestra, and pick this coder and this programmer and this person, and kind of and 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 use creativity. And so, to your point, Jeff, you see you see opportunity everywhere because there is so much. Um, but you're creative enough to kind of see that future. Um, and some people, unfortunately, they're just stuck just digging that hole every day. Um, right. And so um, if you want to succeed in the future, like that book says, you need to kind of switch from the analytical to that creative side. And there is an abundant future ahead.
1: There's so, there is so, that is, that, there we totally agree. There's so much opportunity right now. In any system change, it creates staggering opportunity. Um, but we're going through a system change and uh, um, a major system change in the way our way of life. And, but there's lots of opportunity right now.
0: Yeah. All right. Well uh, with that, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I think that's a good, a good point to end. Uh, We've, we've touched on so many things, Jeff. I appreciate that. Anything else that you want to just add before we wrap it up? No,
1: all good. This was fun, Mark. Thanks.
0: Okay, good. We're going to make sure to link your book down in the show notes before, put your Twitter profile in there. Um, And I guess with that, we'll go ahead and sign up. Thanks so much, Jeff. Awesome. Thanks.